0: Welcome to the Apple Insider Podcast. This is your host, Steven Robles, and today we're gonna talk about some more follow-up from WWDC, changes in macOS Ventura, watchOS 9, iOS 16, focus on some of those big features, and the M2 MacBook Pro is now for sale as you listen to the show. This episode is brought to you by our friends at ZocDoc, Helix Sleep, and Vogue Duo. And joining me this week is my friend across the pond, William Gallagher. How's it going, William? (laughs)
1: Exhaustingly, thank you. How's it going for you?
0: (laughs) I'm doing well. Here's what I want to know, William. How many devices are you running the beta on? Is it all of them?
1: Um, Can I call it one and a half?
0: One and a half? How does one and a half work?
1: One is deliberate. Uh, I wrote Apple Insider's big Mac OS Ventura review. So my main office Mac had to go on it. But in order to check some of the stuff, I also had to put iOS 16. And I put it on my old iPhone SE. And it turns out that even though the SE qualifies, it doesn't qualify for everything. So I had to put it on my main iPhone to do something. And I'm I'm intending to figure out how you get out of this. But actually, I rather like it. So until it goes wrong... I'm sticking there.
0: You have the iOS 16 beta on your main iPhone 13 Pro. Is that correct?
1: Yes. This is, I uh, yes. Whoa. I know. I can see your face. I know all saying a lot, but I had to find out a fact did this thing was, yeah,
0: I had to know. Okay. I mean, listen, this is one of those things. Every year you somehow quote unquote, accidentally install a beta on some device. Oh. And uh, now this year just happens to be your main iPhone.
1: Yeah. No, uh, <laughs> I have words about this. <laughs> it genuinely was accidental last time. You know, I purely, mm-hmm. purely accidental. I walked away. I came back. I was on Mac OS Monterey. It was not intentional. This time I i did cover my face a bit and press the button Uh, gingerly uh but i pressed it knowingly
0: wow okay hey more power to you i mean uh, how is it running it on your main iphone i mean no no
1: no 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 no, no. more power to you said in a ton of voice like well better you than me
0: well that is true also yeah (laughs) I I mean, I'm running it on my iPad Pro, but I'm not doing it on my main iPhone just yet. I thought about the public beta because one feature we're going to talk about in a little bit is focus filters, which I am very excited about. Mm. And I think is going to be a game changer, at least for me personally. But uh, I mean, is your battery like burning off I and mean, our apps crashing all the time what's it like
1: surprisingly not much uh, difference on the battery life i uh, the reason i'm actually exhausted is i spent all day yesterday in london running around apparently i ran around london for eight miles in uh 27 wow. degrees celsius which is probably not very hot for normal people but for a brit with uh I'm more used to sticking in an archive than being out in the beach. It was a lot for me. <laughs> I think I lost several pounds on it. Um, I did charge up the iPhone about uh, three quarters of the way through the day, but I don't think I actually needed to. It would have made it. Wow. All the
0: way. Okay. So well, we will talk more about your experience with that because it's fascinating. I, I have not done it on my main iPhone yet, and so want to know how you have customized your lock screen. But we'll save that.
1: Right. I feel worse every second. You know, I feel caught out and worse.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, real quick. Some five-star reviews. We had a bunch of five-star reviews this week, so I'm going to go through them quickly. Martin in Clandidno, North Wales, UK. That's awesome. mellyman 10 from the UK. Hmm. He believes that you, William Gallagher, are secretly Roy Kent. Which is ironic, because I don't know if you've ever actually watched Roy Kent.
1: Uh, he's, he's Superman, isn't he? He takes off his, Superman oh, takes off his glasses, no, no. and it's Roy, no?
0: Oh, uh, this, this is very frustrating. It's so upsetting. No, William still has not yet watched Ted Lasso. <laughs> ben 1212 from the USA jay Glazebrook from the great britain hey yeah you know a lot of great britain ones this week roger k from the usa he said it's the best weekly apple podcast that's very kind of you hiram921 from the usa he actually asked a question if you ask a question in the review i'm gonna put it up at the top of the show i'd like you to answer this too william i'll give you a couple seconds after i ask it but how much would he have to pay us to use a base model macbook air base model ipad and an iPhone SE as our daily drivers. How much would you need to use those devices? I'll get back to you because I'm gonna answer it too. <laughs> okay. F plays eleven from Switzerland and Ori from Israel. Lots of international listeners today. That's awesome. Israel, excellent. So, William, how much yeah. would Hiram921 have to pay you to use a base model MacBook Air, base model iPad, and an iPhone SE? as your only Apple devices?
1: Well, frankly, actually, I think it would depend partly on how much money is available here and uh, (laughs) also on how rigorous would the checking be afterwards. Uh, Mm. uh, Answer those and I'm
0: fine. Yeah, I think length of time is also an important factor. Is this like for the rest of my life or just until the new models come out? But I would say, listen, with the M2 MacBook Air, I think I'd be okay using that. Mm. I'd be okay using that. Base model iPad might be a little bit of a you know struggle i'll say just because i had a podcast on there and so it uses the apple pencil but still the first generation apple pencil you know what i mean like i don't i don't want to be doing that but the iphone se that would be that would be something
1: that's the hard one
0: i don't know if i could go back yeah yeah i I would need i would need at least uh 100k i'll do it for 100k for a for a couple years how about you, William?
1: Again, back to the checking. I'm really... I, I think I could get away with most of that. You're
0: um, so sneaky, William. Why are you trying to be so sneaky? That's what I want to know.
1: <laughs> and you're being upfront and honest and normal. You you want the gig, don't you? And I'm
0: being... Where? 100K, I'll, I'll do that. I mean, there's still Apple devices. They still run the latest OSs. I'll, I'll be down for it.
1: I've got a little thing against the SE, which isn't very fair, uh, because really what I've got against is the second generation SE. I bought that uh, for my wife, whenever that came out a couple of years ago and I was very pleased with it and she was very pleased with it but then um, she needed to use my phone for a camera and I I started using her SE for a bit and I so disliked it going back to Touch ID and the whole speed of it it just felt and the battery life astoundingly bad I thought on that second generation one Mm. so uh, of all of those um, I mean I'd struggle to do Final Cut Pro editing on a MacBook Air the the length I do and the amount I do it would struggle with that Uh, but be fine with the base iPad for most things, it's the iPhone SE that would yeah. trip me up.
0: That's a tough one. That's an interesting question, though. Listeners, mm. tweet at William and myself. Which What would you need to use all the base model stuff? Again, if it was the M2 MacBook Air... Which is not available to buy yet. I mean, I, I think I'd be all right with that.
1: Sorry, no, 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 no. Don't tweet details. What people would have, just uh, send us money. Send uh, put put the PayPal links for us somewhere in the yeah. show notes and and highest bidder sealed bids, no money returned. You know, oh, the, we take credit cards. We just don't give them back. You know, all of this right. this could
0: and, work. Yeah, no returns, exchanges, or refunds. No. That's right. Well, speaking of M two, as listeners hear this, if you're a supporter, you heard it a little early, but you can pre order the M2 MacBook Pro, the one MacBook I would recommend to almost no one. You can now pre-order it on <laughs> June 17th. You can pre-order it. It's the M2 MacBook Pro, an unchanged body style from the previous 13-inch MacBook Pro. It looks exactly the same, same features, same touch bar, but it starts at 1299 dollars and it has the M2 chip instead of the M1. To kind of give some context, if you're looking at MacBook Pro models specifically, the 14-inch which is the redesigned body style, ProMotion display, XDR has the HDMI and SD card slots and all that. That is $199. So you're looking at a $700 difference between the M2 MacBook Pro 13-inch and the 14-inch. So I understand that is a steep gap if you're trying to get a MacBook Pro. But my recommendation is if if you're gonna be in that $1,299 price range, get an M2 MacBook Air and throw a terabyte SSD in there or upgrade the RAM. Rather than go with the Pro, William, I still struggle. Who is the M2 MacBook Pro for?
1: I suspect that there are corporations that have procurement systems that go on for years, and they've agreed that uh, certain staff can have a 13-inch MacBook Pro. And this is a way of getting them a new one without going back through the whole Uh, uh, process of whatever corporations do.
0: Sure, I guess. And I mean, you can get now up to 24 Mm. gigabytes of unified memory. So you can upgrade it more than you could the M1 MacBook Pro, but again, you get that with the MacBook Air also, which is just not for sale yet. But the only like, one reason I would l- ever consider this device, I still had the bridge vertical dock from my M1 13-inch MacBook Pro. I really loved that vertical dock. It saves a lot of desk space, clicks down nicely, and, you know, get a whole desktop set up when you click it in. And I imagine this M2 MacBook Pro would fit it exactly because the body style is exactly the same but that's the only reason. No. And honestly, not reason enough. I would still get the M2 MacBook Air over this.
1: Yeah, it's an unusual. I used to think that Apple always was very strong on its whole lineup. It was very clear differentiation. It targeted everybody in slightly different ways. It's just when they're changing stuff, there are occasionally moments like this. Uh, usually, it's that the new machine is too similar to the old one. Like when the M1 iPad Air came out, it's so close to the M1 iPad Pro that you start questioning the value of the M1 Pro. But this is the first time when I think they've released something new that appears to be, well, deficient, really, compared to other things. But it'll shake out in the end.
0: Yeah, it'll shake out. We'll see. Hopefully it'll shake out of the lineup and that touch bar will go away. But we'll see. We'll see if that happens anytime soon. So you did and contributed the macOS Ventura beta review. Is this the first time we've done like a beta operating system review? I don't recall doing this before.
1: I believe so. It's certainly the first time I've been tasked with writing one piece of of this length and that detail about one particular topic so uh, purely it's a selfish thing I'm totally enjoyable going into the nitty-gritty and thinking about why things are you, you're so conscious that it's a beta you can't really criticize something that's going to change but there are certain things that are, are that are genuinely clunky I saw an interview with uh, Craig Federighi saying that all of the feedback they've had from anybody most of it are things like yeah yeah we already knew that actually and they've already fixed it but they haven't fixed it in the beta version that's out yet so all the way through the view if i review I'm, uh, I'm pointing out. I think the thing that comes to mind is uh, getting out of stage manager mm. is weirdly clunky. That's going to change. I just suspect it already has. A stage manager itself with certain limitations is, is absolutely great. So it was worth doing the deep dive. You just have to be very conscious that it's a shallow deep dive. I've no idea where those <laughs> words just came from.
0: Shallow, but okay. <laughs> shallow deep dive. No, it's all right. I get it. Mm. Well, will dive in a little you. bit. So Craig (laughs) Federighi and Greg Joswiak and other Apple VPs and executives have kind of done one of those like interview rounds. They went on the talk show with John Gruber. They did a whole video during the WWDC week. They filmed it at the new developer center. I'll put a link in show notes to that talk show. It was really interesting, obviously, to hear them talk. Not a ton of new details, but a few things did come out. Stage manager was an interesting segment. We'll get to stage manager in a minute, but for macOS Ventura, One of the critiques in the beta has been the system settings app, which there are no longer system preferences. That app is rewritten, made now into system settings, trying to match more of the iPad and iOS settings. And this has been interesting because apparently it's a work in progress. Craig Federighi said on the talk show that they're going to be iterating this over the summer in the different betas. One of the features that was lacking, that I thought was lacking, I mentioned on the last show, is that when you would go to the trackpad and mouse settings in system preferences like in macOS Mojave there were little videos that actually showed the gestures of being done and so you you know new users and maybe you just forgot a gesture you know you could see kind of a live demonstration Craig Federighi literally said that those videos are going to be brought back into the new system settings app and they just wanted to do a new way redo them so they look better but they'll be implemented in some way so that will be coming back to the system settings in macOS ventura how's been your experience with that system settings app and what are the shortcomings compared to system preferences
1: one thing is i think the name is silly if you're going to change it to match uh, if you change it from system preferences on the mac to match settings on the iphone then calling it system settings is like this halfway house it's it's going to be called settings by the end of the beta process i'm sure of it but beyond that oddity um i had an initial huge frustration in that uh just because it's a beta, uh, ventura neglected to remember if you like some of the startup items i had or login items you call them and trying to go to where you would add those back in was very frustrating because it's moved i actually think it's moved to a more sensible place but it's moved and at the moment the search option in system settings doesn't work at all You can search anything you like in there and no results are returned. So you have to schlep through every section trying to find this thing. Or weirdly, you can actually use things like Alfred 4, uh, if you use Alfred to go straight to a system preference as was, it goes there on the system settings. Wow. So like the back end is still the same. And I think that means that Apple scripts and things that people have will still work for it. But visually, it's different. And I actually think it's better in a lot of ways. The example I think of is if you wanted to set your wallpaper on a Mac under Monterey, well, Good luck because there is no wallpaper section. It's buried under desktop and screensaver, And even in
0: there,
1: there isn't a wallpaper question for it. Whereas now there's just a wallpaper section like you would expect. Okay. Overall, I I think it's good and going to be great. So there we go.
0: And I think we'll see improvements over the summer. This episode is brought to you by our friends at ZocDoc. There are some amazing doctors out there, but the ones that really matter are the ones who actually take your insurance. Well, with the ZocDoc free app, you can focus on doctors who are in network, putting you on the path to see the doctors. Who are right for you no more wasting time hunting down some random doctor someone recommended who's out of your network zocdoc has actually been crucial for me right now during this time of my life because i'm actually switching insurance providers and now i can go to the zocdoc app and figure out which doctors are still in my network zocdoc is a free app that shows you doctors who are patient reviewed take your insurance and are available when you need them in the zocdoc app you get verified patient reviews and you could see what other real humans had to say about their doctor's visit and when you walk into that doctor's office. You see someone who's in your insurance network. No more calling random doctor's office, waiting through phone trees, and being on hold. You can book your doctors online at Zocdoc.com and in the free Zocdoc app. Every month, millions of people use Zocdoc, and I'm one of them. It's my go-to whenever I need to find and book a doctor. And you can even do telehealth. And many appointments are available today. In the chaotic world of healthcare, let Zocdoc be your trusted guide to find a quality doctor in a way that is surprisingly pain-free. With ZocDoc, you can get your docs in a row. So go to ZocDoc.com slash Apple Insider and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then start your search for a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C.com slash Apple Insider. ZocDoc.com slash Apple Insider. Our thanks to ZocDoc for sponsoring this episode. Another new feature is when it comes to the mail app which Apple announced during the keynote, the Send Later, where you can schedule a message to be sent at a later date and time, Remind Me About a Message, which is really like the snooze feature you see in a lot of third-party apps, or even like Google email and Microsoft Outlook email, and also the improved search in macOS Mail. Now again, I'm only running the beta on my iPad, but you can still send later and choose to be reminded of a message. When you do send later, there is a new little inbox that appears in that left Sidebar, at least on the iPad, I believe it does this on the Mac as well, then it'll show you the messages you have scheduled to send. And if you tell the Mail app to remind you of a message, I was afraid that it would just remind you, but it would still sit in the inbox. That's not the case. When you say remind me later about an email, it does leave your inbox and go to a different area, like the remind me later area, and then it will come back into the inbox at the time that you have set. I love these features. Really has me considering just staying with the stock mail apps. And I imagine this will sync across devices. You running the beta on one and a half devices, have you used some of those mail features like remind me or send later? And does it actually sync across your devices?
1: Oh, that's a good point. I haven't noticed it syncing because all I've noticed are the problems with it. Mm -hmm. Because uh, the send later thing is device side. If you switch off your Mac before the time the message is gonna go, it doesn't go. And it doesn't go even when you then switch your Mac back on if it's after the time. So for about a week now, I've had a message sitting in my send later thing because I deliberately switched the Mac off to see how would it react on restarting for it. Uh, Whereas I don't understand why a message can't just sit in uh, iCloud and be sent from there. At the time, that seems more sensible mm. to me than having it queued on your device. When you do it and watch the Mac going, yes, it goes at certain times. It's very sane box like in a sense. It happens the way I use email. I don't, I don't like the remind me later function. I kind of like to deal with things as close to now as I can. So I uh, respond straight away if you can, or uh, I actually add it to my OmniFocus to do list if it's a bit longer and things like that. So I keep the inbox down to nothing and reminding bits. I think it's very useful. I just haven't got to it yet. You've actually persuaded me. It sounds quite, quite good. Now you've put it the way you have. (laughs) Okay.
0: I use the snooze feature a lot and because it has not been built into the stock mail app, I will actually go to either the Gmail app or the Outlook app, depending on what email account I'm trying to do. And I'll go there just to snooze an email from my phone because a lot of times an email is really a task. And if you you know, can take the time and actually make it a task in whatever to-do app you use and then folder or filter the email away. That's ideal. I do try to do that. I operate always aiming for inbox zero. So like even at this very moment, I have no emails mm. in my inbox anywhere across all my email accounts because I've either made tasks for the things that people emailed me about or I've snoozed an email and it'll just come up later. And I have found to really like the snooze feature. I'm now concerned though I'm going to have to maybe put one of the betas on another device to see how that snooze stuff works. I assumed iCloud would do some magic in the background where, you know, if you have a send later email, that it would kind of be pushed to all your devices and your devices would send it later. So if your Mac is not on for some reason, your phone knows to send it later. Or if you've snooze... No. If you snooze something on your Mac. So the fact that it's not across devices and syncing like that, that would be concerning. And so I'll have to see, I'll have to play around with that on a secondary device.
1: You might not have come across this if you have a a stronger internet connection than I do, but mine wobbles a bit. So every now and again, I notice I have a new mailbox in my mail app called um, Outbox things have not got quite gone yet they struggle connect. it appears while they're there and then when they're gone it vanishes and this works the same way except instead of outbox you get a new bear box called send later and it's on your device it's not anywhere else the outbox doesn't sync the send later one i believe doesn't either so yeah why isn't that just straight on iCloud why isn't it syncing this will come at some point
0: yeah i i think so i mean this is going to be one of the challenges for these features because when you go to the gmail app and you snooze it, it's really snoozing in the cloud. You know, like the Google Mm. email service has that snooze information. Same thing with sending later. You know, you can do it from your phone, Gmail app, and then go to gmail.com in a web browser, and you'll see the emails that are scheduled and the emails that are snoozed. So that's why I I assumed Apple would have used some kind of iCloud sync to manage that. Other apps like Spark, third-party apps, who are not running an email service themselves, they will create folders for like mm. snoozed emails, basically like an IMAP folder, and Spark, the service, will bring those emails back into the inbox when it's time or will send it later, but I'm pretty sure they're doing it on the server side. So we'll have to see how Apple's implementation works once it's on all the devices. And we'll give it a couple betas. You know, this is beta yeah. one, but- True. Uh, I'm I'm hoping it will work even if devices are not powered on or a computer is off or something like that. Also in macOS Ventura, very exciting. Uh, The clock app is now there. So you have a whole clock app where you can do timers and alarms and all that stuff. Uh, i'm sure much of your review covered the clock app william
1: yeah well actually you'd be surprised there was a little dig at the clock app (laughs) uh i actually i like the clock app it looks like the ipad clock app on your mac what's wrong with that nothing fine but this is thing that you're supposed to be able to use it through spotlight set timers and for the life of me i can't get that to work i choose spotlight and i enter timer set a timer for 10 minutes it offers me suggestions like set time for 10 minutes but then it goes off to a website and runs that instead of the clock app whereas if you do siri on the mac you can say hey iris set a timer and that works fine i just found it very frustrating trying to work out the um uh, syntax that's the word to get it to work from spotlight but
0: okay well we will see but the clock app nice to have copy subject which is like the lift subject from image we saw that demoed is amazing i cannot wait to use that everywhere it works so so well i mean it's pretty amazing how's your experience been with that
1: uh startlingly good yeah i know uh crafters uh i've wow. They want that right now so yes i think that's going to be a big hit i, I mean i use pixel pro has a similar feature um it's an argument you can argue whether pixel pro photoshop or apple's new one is the best but it tends to be that some suit different images better but apple's one is right up there with these long-standing features so yeah and so well well when i tried to do it on my iphone and drag a subject out of a picture and into a message i was really contorting my fingers there trying to get it to work but it worked so well
0: yeah and i love just the ability to like either right click on the mac or tap mm. and hold on your ipad and iphone devices and copy subject is just an action right there like you don't even have to yes. try and drag it over or whatever just copy subject and then <laughs> go to another app and paste it Pretty amazing. Excellent. Yeah. Also a feature, this was discovered this past week. This is across all the platforms, but currency conversion and temperature conversion right in messages and mail and all that kind of stuff. And Federico Vatici and others were kind of showing this in the messages app where you can tap and hold on a Fahrenheit or Celsius temperature or a currency, and you can actually have it convert right there in the app and see it. Which is great. And you can even copy the conversion and uh, paste it somewhere else. So that's pretty nice.
1: Have you run into that at all? No, actually, I missed that completely. And uh, now I want to know how hot in Fahrenheit is the 27 Celsius that was wiping me out
0: yesterday. <laughs> well, I don't have the Mac OS Ventura here, but let's see if Spotlight can do it. So, 27 degrees Celsius. Uh, I'll type, oh, 80 degrees Fahrenheit. Look oh, at that. Spotlight got it.
1: You beat me. I was using Alfred Four to ask Wolfram Alpha the question and. Yeah, before I'd even typed Wolfram, there you were.
0: It was in Spotlight. Spotlight's getting pretty good. Yeah. Uh, a final thing, too. I, I, had, I was not familiar with this, William. Oh. I mean, this is, this is a big deal.
1: I know what this is going to be. I feel old already, just from your tone of voice.
0: Okay. <laughs> I did not know what this was, but apparently Clarice the dog cow uh-huh. returns in macOS Ventura. You had the article, William. Yeah. I don't know what this is. I mean, maybe some of our macOS veterans will know, but oh. what, what
1: is this? Why does veteran just sound like a um, a more polite way of saying ancient for it? No, no, no. Veteran, veteran. Previously on Apple Max, way back in the day when Apple bought out laser printers and uh, printed it. I mean, it was easy enough compared to everything else, but it's slightly more involved than it was now. It would also take a long time. So anything that helps you know whether you totally screwed up what you're printing was good. And the dog cow was one of them. It would, before it printed, you see an image of a page with this figure on it. And you could see straight away if you were printing portrait or landscape and choose which one you wanted. And off it would go. And that was it. It is actually, I... Forgive me, Susan care if you ever hear this. Uh, I, Susan care one of those, is amazing artists, such talent. I would say this is the worst thing she's ever drawn. Oh, the, the reason no. it's called a dog cow is that nobody can decide <laughs> if it's a dog or it's a cow. And they just, you know, they went with the middle ground on this. But actually, uh, I mean, considering, I mean, this woman is exhibited in Museum of Modern Art and everywhere her most famous creation is this terrible dog cow and it's over the years before it did vanish for a long time it, it got everywhere it was on um there was a gigantic version at um apple's old headquarters infinite loop like in the garden outside this enormous taller than a person uh look and i believe there are people who've got um tattooed versions of it if <laughs> If you can believe that, um, wow. and things, it became famous. Maybe because it was a bit naff. Maybe because it actually functionally it was so good. It's like in the very very oldest days of the Mac, you would have a system preferences thing, and there was a speed thing, and there was a icon of a tortoise at one end and a hare at the other. And I suppose yeah, it was cute, but also it was functional. You inst- instantly understood what that meant when you dragged one way or the other. And the dog cow gave some of that in a world that used to be quite arcane with printing so it was our friend and we loved it and now it's back
0: wow well that yep. is a, a moving story william i, think so. I was not familiar <laughs> with the dog cow so there you go we'll put a link in uh, the show notes if you want to see what that thing looks like interesting
1: no it's just uh, there's a sort of uh-huh yeah back away yeah, okay. in your voice yeah. there i can hear that too yeah
0: it's okay it's something it, mm. it is something it's something Well, anyway.
1: You had to be there. That's what we're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay.
0: This episode is brought to you by Helix Sleep. Listen, let me tell you, I used the same mattress for a long time, especially when I first got married. We didn't have a lot of money. And you can tell when that mattress is past the point of no return. You do not get a good night's rest, and you really feel it the next morning. But that all changed when I got a Helix Sleep mattress, and now I get an incredible night's sleep, waking up feeling energized and ready to go. I love Helix Sleep because you just take a quick two minute quiz, and it will match your body type and sleep preferences. To the perfect mattress for you everybody's unique helix knows that and they have several different mattress models to choose from so i took the quiz i like a medium firmness mattress i sleep on my side and helix recommended the plus mattress and i have to tell you it is one of the most comfortable mattresses i have ever laid myself on (laughs) It's a huge upgrade from what I used to have. It helps me get to sleep quickly and wake up energized. My spouse loves it too. It's an incredible mattress. So if you're looking for a mattress, take the quiz, order the mattress you're matched to. Mattress comes right to your door, shipped for free. You don't ever need to go to a mattress store again. Helix is awesome, but you don't need to take my word for it. Helix was awarded the number one best overall mattress pick of 2020 by GQ and Wired Magazine. So go to helixsleep.com. Slash Apple Insider, take their two minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you to that customized mattress that will help you get the best sleep of your life. And they have a ten year warranty. You can try it out for a hundred nights risk free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, but I know you will. Helix is offering up to two hundred dollars off all mattress orders and two free pillows for Apple Insider listeners. So go to helixsleep.com Slash Apple Insider to get up to two hundred dollars off. The link is also in the show notes. You can click it there. Our thanks to Helix Sleep for sponsoring this episode. All right, well, let's talk about Stage Manager just for a minute, because again, during the talk show with Craig Federighi, Greg Joswiak, and John Gruber, they talked about Stage Manager specifically, namely that it is going to be receiving updates and changes over the summer. Craig Federighi was talking about how they were thinking about window management, both on the Mac and the iPad, and whatever systems they were working on seemingly converged into this Stage Manager solution and you know they understand it's not perfect right now and it's going to change so i don't want to judge it you know right off the bat i've not used it on a mac so i'd be curious your experience with stage manager on a mac specifically but i've been trying to use it on my ipad pro 12.9 inch doing the different like hiding the left sidebar with the you know different apps there you can hide the dock when you enable stage manager you can resize windows in several different ways, but not like free resizing. You know, you really can't resize a window however you would like. It snaps to one of the, you know, four or five different shapes, you know, column, half, a third, all that kind of stuff. I will reserve my total judgment, but I just personally don't know what I will use it for. Mm -hmm. I would be curious if listeners are running the beta or if this stage manager has just been the answer to your multitasking woes, how you are using it, like what apps in what configuration are suddenly, more useful to you because of stage manager, rather than split view or something else. I've noticed when I've enabled stage manager and I'm playing around and I eventually land on two apps that I wanna use, I'll put them side by side. And then I realize I'm basically doing split view with two apps, but I get less real estate because I see like the wallpaper behind it and the windows on the left and the dock on the bottom, like split view would be a better use of two apps side by side. And in the same way, the two thirds, one third view, where you have like a skinny app on one side and then more of an app on the other, Like I find that more useful than some of the stage manager overlapping that you get. Uh, So I don't know, what's been your experience with stage manager on the Mac and then if you've tried it elsewhere?
1: I haven't tried it on the iPad. I'm very keen to hear what you said about that because I actually thought it might be better on the iPad. I mean, that already sounds like I say it's bad on the Mac. I have a very wide monitor and on a very wide monitor, uh, I, I think there's a reason Craig Federici demonstrated it on a MacBook. On a smaller screen where one, maybe two apps... Benefit from that focus on it. It's good, but on this wide screen, testing it out, you know, schlepping all the way over to the sides, that extra dock of recent apps, and schlepping back again, uh, it just it didn't seem very practical here. There's also getting into it is quick, and getting out of it is it's two clicks to get into it, four clicks to get out, and when you get out, uh, macOS doesn't remember where your windows were before. It just kind of dumps mm. them all in the middle, so you got to sort them out. I think it's very fast and very smooth. I, I, I Actually, I'm not that keen on Split View. I'm using it a lot in my MacBook Pro, uh, but I find it's just ever so slightly clunky. If I have, on a MacBook Pro at the moment, uh, using Split View and macOS Monterey, if I have two apps open in Split View and I want to come out of one of them, I come out of it, but then the other one is left on its own full screen right. in another space, and I've got to remember to go over to that space and come out of it. And uh, this morning I was doing something where I did have that... But I had two Safari windows open, one in a different space. And trying to just tab, command tab between the Safaris, I'd keep forgetting that I had to come out and go to the space for it. In comparison, I think this is slicker. Uh, a lot faster, uh, a lot better in a lot of ways. Except I hadn't thought that about the real estate that you lose from it. Yeah. Maybe there's no perfect solution, but it's clever. And I realised even though uh, I did that thing you did of grouping apps together, and I realised after a bit I was grouping too many of them together. What was the difference between this and doing them, and then uh, doing it without it? And I had loads of documents open, so I started choosing to pare it down to one or two, mm. and that worked well. But I thought. Special circumstances. I'll use this under certain circumstances. And then the very next day I was on a Mac OS Monterey and I went to use it and it wasn't there. Uh-huh. Okay, that's got into me more than I expected.
0: Okay. Now on your ultra-wide monitor... When you're in stage manager mode, do Windows span no. the full desktop minus the little left sidebar?
1: No, it actually always makes, initially it makes them quite a skinny uh, thing in the middle. You can really, uh, as you've done, you can pull the size about it. It remembers that for that group. But by default, the first time, the first app, it's right in the middle. So I have, uh, I think Mac OS is amazingly yellow or amazingly orange wallpaper. I get the <laughs> blast of this in my face whenever I switch to it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, that's interesting. Listeners, let us know if you've been using Stage Manager. What what you're excited to use it for? I would like to know. Now, WatchOS 9 beta we haven't talked about a lot, and I'm not running that beta specifically because there's not a ton of features. There's some workout features, the heart zones, workouts, all that kind of stuff. The new watch faces do look nice. We had a piece covering the new watch faces and the Metropolitan face. I am excited for. I think I'll be using that. Mm. Maybe as one of my weekend faces. We will see. I also really love the new background colors. So in WatchOS 9, on the modular, modular, compact, and extra large watch faces. There's new, like, gradient background colors. And honestly, I think they look really good. So I'm excited for those. The astronomy watch face also has several different modes and looks. I think that looks really good. So excited for that. And also, during the keynote, Apple mentioned that AFibulation History was needing to receive the clearance from the FDA. And apparently, their AFib feature actually received clearance on June 6th, the day <laughs> of the keynote, just right. hours before. And, you know, obviously because it's pre-recorded, they couldn't change that part of the keynote last minute. Mm. So that affibulation feature is actually going to be uh, cleared in watchOS 9 when it launches this fall, which is great.
1: Actually, that's really curious. I would have shot two versions, one with, one without. It makes me wonder how they distribute the video, whether it has to be delivered to different servers around the world, Uh, hours, if it's not played out from one place. Oh, that's terribly interesting.
0: That is interesting. I'd also be curious, listen, if someone from Apple is listening... I would love to to interview somebody on the production team and figure some of this stuff out. But they live stream it to YouTube, plus they live stream it to their website. And obviously the different apps, like on Apple TV, you can watch the event on Apple TV as well. I wonder if it's a single stream, but broadcast to multiple destinations. You know, you can do with something like Restream. You send your live stream to Restream first, and then they rebroadcast it everywhere. Or you can try and actually push to YouTube specifically, push to Facebook specifically, so I'd be curious how Apple does that if it's like one file that gets distributed everywhere yeah. or if they have this kind of, you know, like you were saying a different system for the YouTube stream as far as it, the Apple TV and Safari stream. So that'd be interesting but whatever the situation is a several hours is apparently not enough time mm. to change what is in the keynote or even put like a footnote <laughs> like on the speaker uh, to say that actually it has uh, achieved clearance. But nice to know that that feature is there and in addition to the new sleep features in watch os 9 where you're going to get more sleep stage information when you track your sleep with apple watch and i've used third-party apple watch sleep tracking apps for a long time they provide a really good amount of data so i'm curious what apple is going to provide in their built-in sleep stuff do you track your sleep william do you sleep are you a vampire <laughs> i'm not sure
1: i uh not really i'm i'm intending to i'm intending specifically because of these features um more and more these days i wear my watch overnight so that it will tap me awake at five to go off and do what i've got to do um and i said why don't i run the sleep stuff while I'm having it but so far I haven't. Okay. Has it changed your approach to sleep? Has it changed the times you go to bed based on the information that you've received?
0: The one time I really think about it is when I'm setting my alarm for the next morning and I use on my iPhone you go into the clock app and you can go to alarm where you have your sleep wake up kind of set up and you can basically drag like around the clock oh yeah your what time you're going to bed right now and what time you need to wake up and it will tell you This schedule meets your sleep goal. You know, if you go to sleep now at midnight and wake up at 7 a.m., you know, the goal is seven hours and it'll tell you this meets your goal. But then if you start dragging back that wake up time to have an earlier alarm, all of a sudden that little bar turns yellow and it says this schedule does not meet your sleep goal. And so in that one moment where I'm dragging this thing to set an alarm, I'm like, "Uh, I probably should reach a sleep goal. And I'll try again tomorrow. So, like, the, that's the one moment that it really encourages me. <laughs> no, 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 no.
1: I'll try again tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. That and tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. All right. But
0: well, William, I mean, it's to, if if I'm, it's already one o'clock in the morning, and I have to wake up at six for whatever reason, it's too late. <laughs> I can't try today. Yeah, I can't uh, stop time.
1: Why well, bother go to bed? They just work straight through. It makes so much more oh, sense, doesn't it?
0: William, listen. If I didn't have to sleep, I would not sleep. You know how productive you could be if you didn't have to sleep? Yeah. It'd be amazing.
1: That'd be so good.
0: I saw a TikTok video the other day. This is totally unrelated, kind of related. He said, if I could have any superpower, it would be that time would stop whenever I slept. And so basically he could go to sleep at midnight, sleep for as long as he wants, wakes up, and then it's still midnight. And then he could like get a bunch of stuff done before the day starts. And if he wants to take a nap in the middle of the day, he doesn't lose any time because time has stopped. So this man is a genius. Find? I wonder if I want that
1: power. If he could use that to stop time just for a deadline as well, to give yourself as long as you need.
0: Well, the problem... Before
1: Well, this is the... This is a superpower that just keeps on giving. Okay.
0: Well, I don't know how you would work while asleep mm. because that's the thing. Time time stops mm. only while sleeping. So... Mm.
1: Okay, so... The, I don't know. If you have some ability... Some wrinkles there. Okay.
0: Yeah, there's right. some wrinkles. Maybe some better ways to, to stop time. But anyway, yes. Uh, it would be much more productive if you didn't have to sleep. It's very inconvenient. That's yes. all. All i'll say about that this episode is brought to you by Vogue duo vog duo makes incredible leather products for your apple devices chargers cases i've actually had listeners reach out to me on twitter that had gotten some of the Vogue duo stuff and they absolutely love it so today i want to tell you about the Vogue duo wireless leather charger the wireless charging stand improves the vibe of your office your room and you can even take it when you travel it's made with handcrafted leather design it's got magnetic charging for iPhone, Apple Watch, and a scratch-resistant glass. All of the most premium materials and design. And I'll be honest, I love getting genuine leather products because it patinas over time. It basically tells the story of you using that particular device. And the Vogue Duo wireless charger does just that. And if you're starting to travel again for work or pleasure, you want something that's functional and it looks great wherever you go, whether you're working or traveling for leisure. And the Vogue Duo wireless leather charger looks amazing. And it can charge all of your devices. It has three-in-one compatibility. It can charge your iPhone, iPhone, your Apple Watch, and your AirPods. It's foldable, adjustable, and retractable. So again, it Great for portability, throwing it in a bag. Magnetic alignment for any orientation use. Even has a switchable nightlight, which is nice. And it includes a six and a half foot USB-C extension cable. And they even have an 18 watt leather wall charger. They have a special deal for you. Use the Apple Insider discount code AI20 for $20 off each unit. No quality limit. So you can order as many as you like. Order one for family and friends. Use the promo code AI20. And I'll put a link specifically to this product in the show notes. This sale is limited to just 2 Hundred sales. So jump in there, use the promo code AI20 for $20 off each unit. Our thanks to Vogue Duo for sponsoring this episode. Now one feature, this is probably one that I am most excited for across all the updates. Focus filters. I did a little video on this. I've been playing around with it on my iPad and I just cannot... Cannot wait until this syncs across all my devices when it's available on all my devices, because as they announced, we talked about it last week, but you can select what mail accounts, what calendars, even by people list in messages, what is available and visible to you when a focus mode is enabled. And so I've been playing around with it when it comes to something like mail accounts. Basically, you choose in the focus filter what mail accounts you want to be visible in the all inboxes during that focus mode now you can still open the sidebar in mail and see the other inboxes there's a little moon icon telling you hey you're in a focus mode and you didn't want to see this so don't click it but you still can you don't have to disable the focus mode to click into one of those inboxes you didn't have selected and see the messages there but by default in the all inboxes list mail from those inboxes won't appear in the inbox. Same thing with calendars. Whatever calendars you want to choose to be visible in your calendar app during a focus filter, those are the ones you'll see. You again, you can look at the ones that are in that do not disturb type thing, but just not by default. Again, same thing for messages. This is interesting too. They have people lists, which I don't know why they didn't just call it groups in the new contacts app. But you can make people lists in the contacts app now in iOS 16, and you can basically say just show me the people in this list, which I think is great because work a lot of times is not just relegated to email. Many times it crosses over into the text message world and be able to add that to a focus filter is great. Plus tab groups as one of the things that uh, appear in Safari with that focus filter on. I just, I love this can't wait for it have you messed around at all with the focus filters
1: only just to see that they did what they say I I, I kind of love the idea of focus modes but I, I have a problem that stops me using them which is I get a lot of phone calls from places that I can't predict um, yeah I don't do much from say BBC radio but if I do it could be any number from all over the country for it um, so I did have a bit of uh, blocking all unknown calls but then one day I picked up the phone to check something switched off focus mode to do something and in that moment i got a job phone call and so thought, um, oh so that one feature has stopped me diving in presumably i could shut out everything else and unfortunately i am getting a lot of spam calls at the moment so i every time i answer a spam call i wish i was doing this but i haven't found the the balance for it and it does feel like you've got to really dig into this to get the, the full benefit which isn't a bad thing but it just i put it off for tomorrow and tomorrow and
0: Okay, so you you do do a snooze. You just kind of do like a uh in your mind snooze. Okay,
1: why does that that's sound right. s- slightly psychotic when you say it? um Well,
0: no, no, you're just you know you were saying you don't like snoozing email, but uh, you know you you're used to snoozing tasks. You just kind of do it a uh, built in. It's it's fine. Okay.
1: It's fine. Oh, this is back to me being uh, Superman, isn't it? And Roy Kent, I have this uh, these powers. That's right. Yeah, that's we're right. agreeing on that. You can yes. stop time
0: whenever you sleep. It's exactly. Amazing. Yes. One other feature that was found in the code of iOS sixteen or one of the technologies is called Room Plan. Room Plan is a new API that uses the lidar either on your iPhone pro twelve and thirteen pro of lidar or your iPad pro to scan the room you're in and create a three d floor plan and this is like the and you're not, Apple's not even trying to hide this like obviously this is something that would be used. In a VR or AR headset, being able to scan a room quickly and create a 3D floor plan to use in virtual or augmented reality. So, totally makes sense. Things with the LiDAR scanner and augmented reality have existed for a long time. You can use like the IKEA app to see a chair in the room, or you can even use the Best Buy app to see how big a TV would look on your wall. So, not super new, but this API called Room Plan is new. And I think, again, just goes to the idea that Apple is working on that VR headset. I don't know, William, is it this year? You think we'll see it this year?
1: Uh, Well, we'll have the car first, obviously. Um, Okay, okay.
0: (laughs) You said it. (laughs) I did. You said it. You said CarPlay. It almost felt like we got the silhouette of the Apple car. (laughs) I I don't know if this means you were right in saying the Apple car at WWDC, because it's not like it was announced. But, man. It's like, wow, Apple's taking over the entire dashboard of a car, if only. And John Gruber actually alluded to this in that live talk show. And of course, it went nowhere. You know, we got no other information. But what did you think about that CarPlay stuff? Because you have not been on the show since WWDC. You think that's uh, an Apple car in there?
1: It's so obvious that Apple will use its own CarPlay in it. And this looks like a gorgeous extension to it. I just, I don't think I'm ever going to be in the financial league to have a car that would support it, whether it's Apple's or anybody else's. So I'll stick to my old. Uh, basic manual thing that plays Apple Music when I ask it nicely. That'll do me for a bit, but it looks okay. gorgeous.
0: It does look really good. I saw some information on Twitter about, you know, the speedometer and all that. You know, there are many cars now who, that have digital speedometers and software is usually not a huge issue. I did have one person tweet at me. I'm oh, sorry, I forgot your name, but basically they like rented a Tesla or maybe it was their own Tesla and like the speedometer crashed for a minute or two. And so <laughs> they did not have a speedometer for a few minutes. So, you know, I think, yes, there would be some software curve there, but apparently like it's tied to some hardware in the car. And so it's just displaying what the car knows via whatever hardware is inside. So I don't know, maybe it'd be less of a problem than we think. I do want to cover some uh, lightning round things real quick. We have the models the dummy units for the iPhone 14 lineup we this happened last year too where lots of people had like the dummy units for the iPhone 13 and both the camera arrangement and sizes really matched what we got with the iPhone 13 so I think these dummy units you know pretty reliable to say like this is what the lineup is probably gonna look like this fall one notable thing the mini is nowhere to be found so I think the iPhone mini is is now gone for this world maybe it will return one day as an iPhone se model maybe but it looks like we're going to get an iPhone 14, like the current iPhone 13 size and an iPhone 14 max size. So for the first time, a larger screen in the lower end iPhone device, plus the 14 pro and 14 pro max sizes like we have now. Camera modules look pretty similar, similar size, and it does seemingly show the hole punch and pill cutout on the front of the displays for the pro units only. So it does look like we're getting that larger, lower end model of the iPhone 14, and the pill and hole punch in the Pro models. I think that large screen, lower end iPhone is going to sell like crazy. I think a lot of people would go for a larger screen in a non-Pro model. What do you think, William?
1: I think it depends on the price, but yes, absolutely. True. I'm so I'm really curious. every year we get these um, models of the iphone just the same thing happened in the android world do people leak models and uh how can you tell the difference between the dummy and the final released uh android phone it's just that was horrible of me i'm very sorry <laughs> <laughs>
0: no i don't um,
1: every year i think um i don't need to upgrade my iphone i won't bother i've got an iphone 13 pro that's very expensive and i like it very very much um but already little bits of this start sounding quite good apple's great in making you uh really want something new even when the differences are very small so i'm i had been a firm no but uh, you're 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 making me think maybe
0: well from the iphone 12 to 13 we had those big camera upgrades and the camera module became larger Hmm. this year it looks like the hardware is going to look very very similar of course the pill and hole punch rather than the notch will be a noticeable difference on the pro models but if that always on display is a feature like all these lock screen widgets and stuff seem to be pointing to, that'll probably be the standout feature. That will yeah. be what, you know, people upgrade for. So uh, some of the rumors real quick, and then I want to hear about your custom lock screen. Ming-Chi Kuo was saying that a 15 inch MacBook could be coming next year, and it might be not a MacBook Pro, but just a larger MacBook. So you'll have like the MacBook Air and then a 15 inch MacBook maybe even a 12-inch MacBook coming back, although he hasn't heard plans of that. And also display analyst Ross Young, who does have a good track record, is saying that a 14-inch iPad may be coming in the near future, not a Pro model, but just a lower end maybe an iPad Air style iPad, just with a much larger screen, a 14-inch screen, which also lines up with Bloomberg's reporting. So interesting uh, rumors here from ming ching Kuo and, and Ross Young. Man, I don't know, a 15-inch non-pro macbook i don't know again that goes to the idea that maybe apple's going to be making larger display devices Mm. but for the consumer end because people want big displays but not pay the pro price do any of these tempt you possibly
1: because i've just realized it was 2015 when the 12.9 inch ipad pro came out and i assumed we would get bigger ones ever since then but that's a shockingly long time ago now in technology terms, and we haven't. 12.9 is still the biggest. There's certainly room for larger. There's got to be room for much larger. I mean, uh, there's a concomitant problem of carrying them around, but for use and working on an even larger screen is terribly appealing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I th- I think a lot of people like big screens, you know, people who maybe have to work on Excel spreadsheets mm. or, you know, video editing, but for college and education, big screens are useful for that kind of stuff. So- We'll see. Uh, This actually piece of news is interesting. Apple Pay Later, which was announced at WWDC, giving users the ability to pay for equal payments for a product that they buy. Apple actually has come out and said that the decision to take that Apple Pay payments in-house rather than using a third-party financial institution is in part taken to avoid sharing your personal data with third parties. So apparently, you know, when you use something like Affirm, you might see that company name on product pages, you know, pay in four equal payments with Affirm. And they're getting some data from you, apparently. And Apple is actually trying to offer this four payment style purchasing to protect your privacy, which I think is interesting. Apple will not charge late payments or fees for late payments when you do this four payment system. But like Klarna and Affirm, Apple will just restrict access to further short-term credit. So if you buy something and you say, let me pay in four equal payments, but you neglect to pay on time or you miss a payment and can't make it, then you will just not have access to that ability for four equal payments in future purchases, but there will not be late fees that Apple charges for that. So I thought that
1: was an interesting take. I'm wondering how how long that takes to reset uh, if you
0: catch up. Yeah, I was curious about that. Yeah, if you if you you know are two months late on the final payment, but you actually pay it. Is there like a year? Think about what you've done, period. <laughs> or like, I'm not sure when that resets. So last piece of news, Apple TV has actually made an agreement with Major League Soccer, and they've announced that the Apple TV app will be the official destination for all Major League Soccer matches and other wow. content for a decade starting next year in 2023. This partnership between Apple and the MLS will allow fans to watch every match without local blackouts or a TV subscription bundle. Apple says that a broad selection of matches will be available to Apple TV Plus subscribers. But there's this implication that a major league soccer service might be a standalone subscription or in addition to Apple TV Plus. And this is something we've talked about now that Apple is also doing Friday Night Baseball with the MLB. It's included in your Apple TV Plus subscription but I could foresee a add-ons to the Apple TV Plus subscription service that allow you to get some sports or maybe ad-free versions of sports because there are ads on the Friday Night Baseball stuff. So I think this is very interesting. Also, Apple says this is the first time that there's been this kind of deal with a sport and a streaming service where no blackouts, every game will be streamable on Apple TV Plus, at least with whatever, you know, standalone subscription through Apple for the Major League Soccer. So I think this is interesting. And again, there were rumors before that Apple might make A play to partner with the NFL here in the States. Uh, No news has come of that, but this is a
1: pretty big play. I was impressed. But what's what's a blackout in sport? What matches get blacked out somehow?
0: Well, (laughs) William, apparently you've you've not dealt with this before. No, I haven't. For instance, I'm in uh, Tampa, Florida, and so the Tampa Bay Rays is the baseball team here. If you sign up for MLB.TV and pay monthly for that service to stream all the games, you cannot stream your hometown team. So you can now watch like home games of the Tampa Bay Rays because they're blacked out because the Rays want you to go in person to their games and buy tickets. Oh, I see. Now there are ways around this, not, you know, mentioning any methods like VPNs or anything, but you know, you can get around it because it's using your IP address to tell where you are and all that kind of stuff. But those blackouts are very prevalent, like on NBA TV, MLB TV. So the fact that there are no blackouts uh, for the, like the major league soccer on the Apple TV Plus service—that is pretty unique among sports streaming services.
1: Do games tend to get well attended? Because there's, there's got to be a limit to how many people can physically fit in the um, stadium, the ground, whatever it is.
0: I really don't know. I don't know. Like mm. I don't go to a lot of sports games in person. I really feel like blackouts probably don't drive a ton of in-person attendance. Like mm. I don't think that's a valuable strategy. But I don't know. Obviously. The sports companies have the data, so. True. All right, well, William, real quick before we go, tell me, got that iOS 16 beta on your iPhone, what have you done to customize your lock screen?
1: Well, initially, very little. I just, I checked out, what can you do? Fine, very nice. But I like my wallpaper. I have a really close-up shot of some blue glass that I took. And I think it's just utterly gorgeous. Always leave it on. Except I was trying out the weather um, versions of this, and I really like it. It's weirdly Uh not very accurate. When it's this, my the you switch to the weather thing, and as soon as you pick up the phone, the whole lock screen shows you the weather conditions, where you are. And there are times when it's been saying of raining, and I've looked out of the window, and no, so, I'm not sure about the accuracy of that and why it isn't wrong. It, except, of course, I'm in the UK where uh, weather accuracy isn't as, uh, as strong as it is in the States, fewer base stations and things like that. Um, but it just looks so good, particularly when it thinks it's raining. Wow. The animation is so gorgeous that I've left it on that.
0: Wow, okay. Well, very cool. So any any widgets that you've added to the lock screen?
1: Uh, Oh, yes. What have I put? Uh, Yesterday, I did so well with my exercising. I deliberately put on the ring so that every time I picked up the phone, I could see. Uh, And I actually found a bug um, for it. I put up a clock with US time, and it's shown the correct time, but not the right AM, PM for some reason. So I I filed a report about that. And what's the other one? uh, The weather. Yes. Mostly to fill up the space because it looked like a toothless grin if I didn't put anything in that last spot.
0: (laughs) Very good. So uh, if you could, if you could send me a screenshot and then I will uh, put it as the chapter art so our listeners can enjoy your locks. Make sure you don't, you remove all your secret agent stuff from there. So we don't see that, you know, actually
1: very disturbingly as I pick it up now, uh, it thinks it's nighttime here and the time is wrong. Okay. Oh, it's a a beta. I'm going to worry about that. Yes,
0: it's a beta. Don't worry about it. It's fine. (laughs) But uh, actually get it to work and then send me a screenshot.
1: Deal. I'll do that right (laughs) away. Okay.
0: wonderful. Well, listeners, send us screenshots of your lock screen. If you're running the beta on your iPhone, you're just a beta ranger explorer then uh send us your lock screens i'd like to know what custom widgets you got going on no 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 no. wait 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 a
1: minute anybody else listening who's done this is a beta ranger and i'm uh yeah. yeah you put that on your own phone you mad mad person i say
0: it's personal no you're, you're yeah. a ranger too william you're you're <laughs> too part of late my six Far too no late. no you you got the special powers to stop time when you sleep oh i uh, forgot no, that I just, yeah that's true i want yes. this character of you to just keep growing you know you're mi6 <laughs> agent you got special powers you're really roy kent but maybe also clark kent right can i just
1: uh, for pure accuracy it's uh, i'm in five not six six is international five is more like oh nuts is it the other way around maybe i'm in mi4 if there is such a thing like that oh, and i'm slowly working up that's how it goes you know
0: okay very good uh well let us know what secret agency yeah. uh you think <laughs> william is in listeners uh, <laughs> Let's hear you think about that. You can tweet at William and myself. Our Twitter handles are in the show notes. Keep those five-star ratings and reviews coming. We'd love to give you shout-outs at the top of the show. And don't forget, you can support the show. $5 a month, to get an ad-free version of the show and early access at patreon.com slash Insider, Or you can support us directly in Apple Podcasts. As always, thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.